Welcome back to Beer and Backfire. <laughs> We're live uh, on, oh boy, is it December 30th? No, it's the 30th. 30th. Is it? 30th? It is. Oh, hell. You really shouldn't announce that because then people will know the secret behind our release schedule, oh, which well. is At whenever eh, Jordan feels like When Jordan episodes. gets to it. I, I feel like people understand that already. Yeah. Well, it'll give some context if by the time we release this, like 20, the world ends you know, in 2023 or something. Yeah. yeah. People would be like, wow, these guys are really chipper for <laughs> what's going on in the world. Speaking of the world ending, I saw a news article today. I don't know if it was true or not. I didn't have time to look into it, that the kid who fell into the Harambe enclosure uh, got hit with a stray bullet <laughs> today or something like My that. man has <laughs> the worst I, I feel bad for laughing at that. But the the TikTok that I shared that I saw of that on was uh, it was the headline and then it was uh, Bo Burnham underneath doing his evil laugh from the Welcome to the Internet song. It was incredible. Oh, dear. Screw that kid. So Corey has no beverage. Um, Yeah. Jordan, please explain to the fine listeners what uh, delightful abomination you have created that you are drinking. It is amazing so you take preferably bourbon barrel gingerbread stout but honestly i've also tried it with the um the bourbon barrel biggie s'mores from i think it's three notched basically any bourbon barrel aged dark beer and you do 50 50 with some homestead creamery eggnog which is the goat of eggnogs there is nothing better it is just the best and then you stir it right and up you stir it right up and, and you it enjoy awesome. it cold and i i sampled it and it's way better than i thought mm-hmm. and i sampled it and it is remarkably good yeah yep and i don't like beer mm-hmm. yeah it's well the, it's, it's the but i do nog. like backfires it's the magic nog it is the magic nog so uh so we have a new voice with us here we do it is the man the legend the myth the legend rebuilt <laughs> from the ground up tom atkins yeah hi long time listener first time caller <laughs> fresh in from the machine shop tom <laughs> atkins <laughs> it's about still, right still in the break-in period <laughs> oh boy that's probably true though i think we'll get to that but where do you want to start with tom jordan I don't know. Tom has. Do you like, want to start from the very beginning? Because we'll we're gonna be oh, here no. a while. <laughs> oh like, no! I feel like Tom is like a bottomless well of just like knowledge of things. This is true. And if you need really to bad know, jokes. Well, sure. Too. Yes. He's also uh, like the the best meme curator on on the internet. If you need to know the difference between Australian V8 supercar and IMSA and. European Le Mans and Formula V and Formula V and it like literally go to SCCA runoffs and walk around the paddock with Tom Atkins and be like, Tom, what's that? You will learn so many things. He will tell you exactly what it is, what it's powered by, where it came from. It's phenomenal. I don't know how you hold it all in your head. I don't either. It's, it's absolutely incredible. There's not much room for other stuff. <laughs> and it's not. That's it. You're out of room. <laughs> the blessing is the curse. So yeah, another question we we like to ask a lot of people. Oh, Corey has a beverage. Hold on. Oh, oh, we didn't go all the way around the room. Tom, what are you drinking? Let's just pretend that never happened. Jordan can fix this all in post. No, yes, he won't. He no. won't change a thing. <laughs> I am drinking a Yingling Hershey's chocolate porter. You are. Is it good? It is. I'm interested to try it with some eggnog in it once I. Uh, we'll Do you there. taste the salt in the Hershey's chocolate? in the beer because that is what i taste in it or do you taste the beer yeah 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 Yeah, it's in there Mm -hmm. hershey's milk chocolate is a very salty chocolate yeah i am drinking licking hole creek nine mile ipa 6.9 percent by volume which is why i'm drinking it because i brought myself two beers and i will go real light on the first one and then uh Riding shotgun to that is a who makes this Blue, Blue Mountain. Mountain Full Nelson Virginia Pale Ale. So that will be my uh, go-to round two. And over there, Corey has just arrived with a Bell's Oberon. 
Oh, oh wow. Fantastic. Excellent. Fan favorite. That was, uh, for quite a while, that was on tap at Galaxy Diner. And then I went there last night with a buddy of mine from New Jersey, and they only have the two-hearted, which is good. It's a summer release, so it's probably, I'm assuming you've had that bottle for a little while. Yeah. 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 I was sad the Oberon was not on tap. Too hard. It didn't. Good. It didn't used to be available in Virginia for quite some time. There was some sort of disagreement between Bell's. Uh, yeah, and I the... remember you saying that. They're where? They're Michigan or something? Yeah. Yeah. Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Is that near Timbuktu? Yeah. Just just south of Timbuktu. Adjacent. Also known as Grand Rapids. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Cor- Corey, you... why do you know so much about the geography of Michigan? <laughs> Uh, because I used to work for a company that was based in Grand Rapids, oh. or just slightly south of Grand Rapids, so we would, when I went to like, for two. training and stuff like that, we would go all over and drink beer up there and stuff like that. I see. That's pretty much all there is to do up there. Yeah, pretty much. And hunt. Uh, so, Tom. <laughs> so, Steve. Uh, let's address the elephant in the room, not saying... His, his name is Luca. Be, be oh, nice. Yes, his, <laughs> he is and, roughly and he the is, size of an elephant. And he is the, the goodest boy. In, in dog's clothing. Um, he has less chewy toys this time, actually, or at less least, noisy. I was going to say, at least chewing toys. on the rope is not as loud as thumping that bone all over the place. Yeah. So besides a knower of things and a sharer of memes, uh, Tom is a person who has been in and amongst the Richmond car group for quite some time, I would say. When did you get your mini? Let's start. Let's start with Tom's mm. car history. How about yeah. that? Okay, so my car history is not nearly as extensive as Pierce's. Uh, okay. no, it will none not, are. No it will is. not take multiple episodes to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely took up a solid two episodes. Yeah, yes. But it was some good listening, though. Pierce was like, oh boy, <laughs> settle in. <laughs> It was, it was good, though. Hmm? So, first car that I ever... So, what I was driving when I got my driver's license, is, this actually predates the Mini, slightly, was a automatic transmission Ford Escort ZX2. Oh, those are actually, like, not a bad yeah, automobile. It was very fun for what it was, yeah. which was... What was the uh? It was a, what was the engine in that? Uh, two liter Z Tech. Okay, so yeah, it yeah. was it was Ford's inline four before they moved over to the Duratec. Right. I always liked the like styling wise. I yeah. mean, that was the era of everything is a bar of soap or sure. or yes. lozenge. But it was a pretty good looking yes bar of lozenge. It was a noble bar of soap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it had been my grandmother's car. She purchased Perfect. it. Purchased it new. Drove it from her house to church and from her house to the food lion right next to her house. And so it was her car. She only put 8,000 miles on it in six years. Wow. Wow. Which, Why did she get a ZX2? First off, remind me what was different about the ZX2 from the normal Escort. Do you know? I, twin cam versus single cam? Possibly, I know. So the Escort ZX2 was a just a little two-door coupe. I don't know specifically the differences between that and the rest of the Escort line. Okay, I know that's fine. Neither do I. At some point, the other Escorts you could get with like a 1.9 liter four-cylinder, but I, I don't know anything about it other than it conceptually exists. Okay. And one of my stepdad's friends has basically the same car I had, but in wagon form with 1.9. Oh, those Escort wagons were cool. Yeah, I yeah, forgot. I, I kind of forgot that they made those. Yeah. In the Bar of Soap era. I can picture the ones right before that. Like the early 90s ones? Yeah, yeah. where it was the real thin headlights, thin. Gr- it had that grill that had like the little diagonal. Oh, no, no. Tiny little uh, diagonal Greg, slash cuts in it. Uh, Greg's is that generation oh, i do okay. remember the yeah i can the, picture the wagon in those I yeah think, i think dave lamountain also had one of those at one point i think he had an escort an escort wagon but because didn't those share architecture with a mazda as well i believe it was the 323 could be and the escorts mechanically were very similar that sounds right which theoretically would help 
both platforms with stuff you could do to them, except that the aftermarket for both platforms does not exist. Yeah. I remember a couple of years ago on the grassroots forums, somebody had a build thread for autocrossing. They were building an autocross Escort ZX2, and it was just how many cars you can go to the junkyard and piece together parts from that had yes an aftermarket that was more than just spike lug nuts from pet boys that's what uh that's what lucas urban has in uh sunday cup which is why yes. they, he's the reason i i uh, have gathered that they instituted the new rule that takes into account the uh height of the car i believe so for aerodynamic considerations there because were, there were a, you're edging in also on extra clapped out Miatas that have really bad power to weight um, are edging into that class and yeah. they don't they don't they just want to keep it as like grocery getter cars right yeah hey I spent a lot of time getting groceries with my Miata yeah that's fair one bag of groceries at a time yes approximately you know well, the, if the passenger seat is empty you can fit a second one yes I fit a uh, 10 by 10 uh, like collapsible canopy one time across the back deck of the Miata ratchet strapped to the roll bar. I, I once, and our favorite, our best listener will attest to this. I once brought home from Harbor freight an engine hoist in the boxes came. It comes in two boxes. Oh, sure, sure, sure. In our NA Miata Mm -hmm. with both of us in the car. Nice. Impressive. I kindly, well, I don't know. I felt bad about this venture and so i let her drive home and i sat in the passenger seat with the engine hoist boxes going into the footwell like yeah yeah so where there's a will and decent weather and you can put the top down there's a way to get almost anything home in an na miata if you're determined enough it's the same reason why pickup trucks are are great the cargo space is infinite headroom (laughs) Yes. True. Te- technically correct. Yes. <laughs> the best I, kind. I one time went to a, um, a, oh, some sort of part. I can't remember exactly where we were going, but my, in my brother's Miata, years and years and years ago, rode in the front seat with the top up with an acoustic guitar in a hard case. Like, <laughs> just, oh just hugging it. <laughs> Very oh good. my. Yeah. I, I feel like we've all done... I mean, I've ridden three people up in, a, in an N.A. Miata. It's I think I remember that day, actually. I've done the same in an MR2. I don't think... I, the only time I can think of doing it, I thought, was in my buddy Jason's Miata way back in the day. But maybe I've done it more recently. Or was, was it you or was it Ryan when he still had... That feels like a Ryan move. Yeah. It was probably Ryan. Okay. When I... So, it, it, let me just say. We've gotten through one of Tom's cars. Uh-huh. Go yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go back in just oh, yeah. a second. <laughs> My favorite was at uh, uh, one of the Hyperfests we went to. I forget. I took the top off and people sat on the deck and held onto the roll bar. And we got like four or five people in my, you, in my purple car. You had the soft top removed, correct? So on, like, on where, both of them, yeah. yeah. So where the soft yeah. top went was just like a nice was just space. cargo space. So yep. You could mm-hmm. put your feet there. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. There was a sub box in that space on mine. Yeah. Because... Stock me out of speakers that are old enough to vote kind of suck. Yeah. What, uh, what was after the focus? So, escort. Escort, escort excuse me. So Sorry. after the Escort, I had a 2004 Mini Cooper S. It was an S. Yes, yes okay. it was. Supercharged uh, of My favorite. Yes. It, it was an absurd amount of fun. And remark- I mean, everyone who saw the Italian job in 2001 or whatever that was wanted one of those. Minis were literally like the first car I ever lusted after. Yeah. Yeah. Same. And because of the Italian job. I spent I- so much, so many hours on the configurator on their website. Putting British, British flags on the roof. and I can yeah. attest to this. Yeah. I, I was there for yeah. many of them. No, it's unanimous. Yeah. Like, it was a cultural moment where they did so many cool things with those cars in that movie that everyone... I still have a poster in my house. ...who had an interest in cars was like, 
one of those, please. Yeah, for like real. alongside other things, mm-hmm. but one of those. Because like, if you think, because they came out in like oh three oh four something like that. Yes. So two thousand. Must have been no like 03, no 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 two thousand and two. My point is, at that point in time, the Civic had reached its peak, and then you had the, the they were past the double wishbone point with the EM two or whatever it is. Civic SI that's kind of a turd and like and the what's the Are those Civic? the oddball ones where the shifter comes out of the center console no, at that's, you I can't where remember it what... shares like no platform with anything else and it's a pile of garbage yeah. is it the one that looks like an odyssey that somebody stood up on end and sat on yes yeah okay but those and then cool. also like cool though they are cool but they're bad <laughs> they're terrible <laughs> um, they're cool in their badness yeah but like so my point is like the Civic SI was on a decline the Celica had was fine, but you know, nobody really cared about it that much. But like then Mini came out and was like, hey, we can do fun front wheel drive with insane amounts of stuff. Well, the sixth gen Celica was about to die around seventh, that time, I feel no, like, and the, the seventh, seventh wasn't out yet. The seventh came out in was like it in? 99 or 2000. Oh boy, it seems so wedgy. Yeah. The seventh that? gen? The last yeah, gen yeah, Celica? Yeah. Yeah, it came out in like 01. Oh wow. I, I would have. I thought they took a gap from like 99 to 04 or something before mm-hmm. the seventh gen came out. Okay. No. I forgot that the ZZ platform was it's old. Was that old? Yep. They were for like one or two years. The seventh gen Celica GTS was the go-to front-wheel drive car for autocrossing, and then the Mini came out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Minis were very, very good for that. Yeah. And related to the reason why they became something of a cultural icon, my license plate was Gold Thief. Nice. Fantastic. In fact, I think that's actually the first time I ever met you in person, Jordan. I remember meeting you at a gas station yeah. at some point. Yeah. It, you were in your uh, your MR2, and you just pulled, happened to pull into the same Shell station. I was like, hey, I know that, that car from the internet. Oh, yeah. 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 From like VA Driven or something? Uh, it's either VA Driven or one of the, one of the local yeah. things. And I was like, yeah, we sit around a couple of minutes talking, and then... And it turns out, I think you went, you like knew my sister from school or something like that. Yeah, she graduated the year after I did, mm. and we had the same same teacher for uh, U.S. Gov. It was one of those like, oh, small world type of situations. Yeah. yeah. Richmond be like that. It do. It do be like that. What, what happened with, to the mini, Tom? So the mini falls victim to the fact that it is a... BMW product that is built <laughs> down to a price. Yeah. Uh-huh. I got it relatively low miles and put essentially doubled the mileage that was on it. And then every single expensive to replace thing on the car decided to need replacement at the same time. That sounds strangely like a BMW Very product. Much so. Yes. Like the $750 dual mass flywheel mm-hmm. that you can't resurface. Christ. And when you, th- this was $750 in like. In $2004 or what, whatever. two thousand like 2010. Yeah. Circling back to give context for time, I, when I started doing this, I got my driver's license in late summer, early fall of 2010. And so I had the Escort and then the Mini. Kept the Mini for a couple of years. Just drove it, did irresponsible things because I was a white teenager with a... Supercharged. (laughs) Yeah, with a supercharged hatchback. With an Italian job car. Yes, and drove it predictably. I kept that long enough for the clutch to start to go out, which would have necessitated the... $750 $750 flywheel. flywheel. And the harmonic balancers on those cars were a known failure point. Hmm. Like the rubber in them just goes bad? The rubber in them goes bad, but when it goes bad, it does a spicy thing and it comes apart Neat. at engine speed oh, and flings about a three or four pound ring of steel yeah. at engine speed around the engine bay. 
Good. And the tensioner for the serpentine belt slams into what is left of the crank pulley. Cool. And eats itself. Excellent. And you lose drive to your water pump, supercharger, and alternator all at the same time. It's a feature, not a bug. I mean, I guess it's pretty obvious that something has gone horribly wrong at that point, so you can turn it off before it overheats. Right. But if it, it doesn't it, turn itself off. No, there's actually none of those three systems will immediately kill the vehicle. It'll run for a minute. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it'll run on battery power. <laughs> Probably sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so did th- you actually experience the catastrophic thankfully failure? Thankfully, I didn't, but it was always in the back of my mind, and the mileage where they typically fail was about the mileage that other things were starting to fail. So I ended up, ended up selling it, and during this time, I also had the Miata. When did you get the Miata? What year? How long uh, have you had that car? I have had that car since October. October of 2010. Wow. It's 12 years, my guy. Do you realize that? I I also got my Miata in 2010, my NA, which I still technically have. Yes. I believe Erica will correct me if I have that wrong, but I believe it was the year we were married, which is 2010. So when I was growing up, my stepdad was an over-the-road truck driver, and... For the as opposed to under the road, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you got the right one. Oh, uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> Nailed it. So, the Miata was actually purchased before I turned 18, so it was not in my name. And for context, this is a 1994 yes, Mazda Miata. Yes, it is a, a 94 Miata. It was. It is red. It just—they're ha- all red, Tom. Okay, but but this one was red, red. Okay, like it, not it, faded red. Uh, there were. I think maybe the bumpers were a little bit faded. I think the the running joke is just that they painted them all red, and if you scratch enough paint away, eventually you'll just get down to red. Uh, like, yes, okay. just all red. Yes. So I wanted to get an autocross, and. My folks did not like the idea of me autocrossing my daily driver, which at that point was the Mini, which... It's ma- reasonable. Yeah, it's, it's reasonable. I guess. Well, my stepdad, when on the occasion that he was home from being an over-the-road truck driver, would need a vehicle to drive. But for the majority of the time, his vehicle to drive was a 18-wheeler. Sure. Thus, the Miata. The most opposite vehicle to an 18-wheeler. Yes. So I, I had that, and then I, he and I are thankfully similar height, which is to say about 6'6", six six which is the optimal height for an NA Miata with a hard top and a roll bar. So you like steering with your knees as well? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, you're also a man of culture. Whether you mean to or not. (laughs) So, when I ended up getting rid of the Mini, the Miata became my daily driver. And I've autocrossed it. I have not had it on track, other than, like, lunchtime laps. Touring laps, yeah. Yeah. Charity laps, whatever. Yeah. I have not had it on track other than that. But I've driven it all over Virginia and mostly on snow tires too. That's actually a su- in the recent. the timeline of my ownership of it. That is a somewhat recent development. <laughs> yeah. you, I feel like you had those snow tires on for like a year. I <laughs> it's it has been at least a year and a half now. I would say. Is it still on the snow tires? <laughs> it, it is on snow tires. They're just not. The They're just same different snow tires. <laughs> These were the ones that Scott Krastek. Yeah, yeah. I, I can never remember how to, how to pronounce correct. his name. Sorry, Scott. The Z is silent. Yes. Uh, it's the set that he had up for sale a number of months ago that it was on a set of TR Motorsports wheels, and it coincided with when my original set of snow tires 
finally turn themselves into snow slicks. So let's just keep it going. <laughs> yeah. And it was in the winter, and I, it was in the appropriate season for snow tires. That's true. So backing up a little bit, though, it was red, yes. as you mentioned. At some point, it became primer. Yes. When abouts was that? That was, I believe, late 2011. So, as Steve and everybody else more than likely knows, Miata's rust. Yes. Particularly in one delightful spot. Yes. Which is the rocker panels just in front of the rear wheels. The soft top drains clog, and people do not maintain or clear them out. And then they back up with water and fill up behind the rocker panel. And then they rust, they bubble and rust through. Yes. All NA Miatas tend to do this unless you buy a trombone cleaner, apparently, is the best tool for clearing your soft top drains. Proper diameter, big, long wire snake thing with a brush. You always need uh, the proper diameter. That's proper diameter music, if ever I've heard it. <laughs> uh, so, about 2011, you experienced what every N.A. Miata owner has probably experienced at some point. Which is the ability to stick the toe of my shoe into my rocker panel. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, we went to the, I don't think it's even technically a pick-and-pull yard, but the junkyard just east of Mechanicsville. Oh, yeah. Um, on, Pops, it's like off a little yeah, side Bacon street. Bay. Yeah, they had a Miata, uh, another NA, that had died in a front-end collision. R.I.P. But, yes. A moment of silence for that particular Miata. F's in the chat. The sills, like the entire rocker panel, structural assembly, all that, on the passenger side was fine. And mine had the rust hole in the passenger side. So the passenger side of that car came home on a trailer behind my Miata. Nice. Sawzall? What was the, what was the weapon of choice? Uh, the weapon of choice was something that that particular pick-and-pull yard, or that particular yard had, because I don't, I honestly don't believe it was actually a pick-and-pull at that point. Oh, okay, so they had to... cut it out or something? Yeah, or torture. Uh, or, like... Some sort of OSHA is this okay and cutting implement. And probably about even with the back edge of the dashboard to the front edge of the rear fender. Okay. And so you about, got a like a substantial chunk. Yeah. And stuff. about eight to ten inches towards the center of the car. Oh wow. Like the entire structural portion of rocker. It's like box a solid, like seal. seventy-five pound chunk of car. Yes, probably more. That yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, but that that came home. Or one of our family friends built hot rod or hot rods, motorcycles. Does lots of sheet metal work. We took the pieces to him, and we're like, "Hey, can you like fix this? Like put this into there and." Just leave it primer. We'll figure out what color we want. <laughs> Famous last words. A decade later. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's. Uh, a quick anecdote at this point, because we're addressing the, uh, the visible nature of your, or the visual aspects of your car. Uh, my daughter, at one point, when she was a fair amount younger, she is now 10, uh, once adorably referred to Tom as, because we know several Mr. Tom's, as Tom with the little red mirrors. Aww. Because his whole car is primer gray, but his mirrors are still red. And yes. so, even to this day, we still sometimes refer to him as Tom with the little red mirrors. And that is who I shall be. Yes. So the car is still primer gray with red side mirrors. Yes. And winter tires on it. Yes. And snow tires. Yes. <clears throat> so. You've had the Miata for quite some time, but at some point, at a certain point, we will, I don't know, do we even want to talk about the transit? Do you have it in your heart, Tom, to talk about 
the ill-fated Transit Connect. I will say the day that you got it story is pretty good. So it might be worth going through. I was going to jump right to your two-wheeled adventures, but... Oh, he's also got a recent acquisition that we can talk oh, about. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, we'll get... Yes. We'll arrive. There. That that replaced the transit, right? So we got yes. to... Uh, it, yeah. it is well, filling the role of the transit. The transit still... It's in the process of replacing. Okay. Right. okay. Well, the the transit is in the process of being prepared for other ownership. Are you also replacing 75% of the rocker panel on the transit? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't need that. But the day... The day that Tom got the transit, Tom needed a ride to the dealership to pick it up. And he selected me to give him a ride to the dealership. So I took him up there, did the paperwork, got, got the paid for the transit, whatever you had to do. And then you got in it to leave. This, ah, was, was this no, the so day that we, you got it or it was a different day? Th- this is a different day. So uh, I went up there with my folks. As, at this point, this is first vehicle. I had purchased from a dealer first field called finance. Right. I needed a co-signer. This is a 20... 2010. 10 Ford Transit Connect. Yes. Purchased the in shoot. 2016. Yes. In white, the only color that they came in, besides yes. a couple other colors, but pretty much white. Yes. Now, the Transit Connects are, in essence, a long and tall Ford Focus. Yes. Wagon. They exact same engine, exact same that same god transmission. awful transmission. Yes, yeah. The oh, the four mm. speed auto DCT thing. No, it's not a dual clutch. No. Thank God. No, it's just a oh, four so speed auto with the world's worst gearing for and cargo the world's worst calibration van. Okay, so at I, least it's not I, the one that had all the recalls. No, no, thankfully it's not that one. I drove one for about a year for a job. Yeah. It, it is that transmission will make you hate life. It had a four speed in 2010. Yeah. yeah. It has no clue what gear it wants to be in if you are on anything but level ground. And even sometimes then. And even sometimes then. I, there, there are instances where I would be on the highway and need, would need whatever semblance of power that thing could provide. In order to pass someone. And I would put my foot through the floorboard. And wait. And there while, would be much waiting. Voted. And then it would think about downshifting one gear. And then and would, would leisurely accelerate. Yeah. And then there was one particular time I was visiting a friend, also named Tom, in Blacksburg. I was on a... An exit ramp doing about 35 miles an hour. And I decided I wanted to be doing 40 miles an hour. And I leisurely, leisurely tipped into the throttle and it downshifted two gears and did everything in its power to go from 35 to 40 instantaneously. The story that Steve was alluding to is about two weeks into my ownership of this vehicle i knew it was pretty soon after you got it yes it it was it it was the first red flag that should have made me go you know what no despite all the practicality of that vehicle i I should have been like no so i was driving to meet my folks for lunch or my mom worked very close to the ford dealer that i purchased the vehicle from so i was meeting her for lunch at a uh, restaurant right around the corner. I had cruise control turned on. It's doing about 35, 40, pulling a very minor grade. And all of a sudden, the engine sounded like an air compressor. It was a short trip. I, I was, at this point, fairly not really sure what was going on. So I decided I'm going in the vicinity of the dealership who would theoretically be servicing this thing anyway. I'll limp it to lunch and then to the dealership and all that. I would like cut it off at uh, stoplights just so it's not making air compressor sounds for an unnecessary amount of time. So I had lunch with mom and went around the corner. I either texted or called or something, Steve, who brought his code scanner. We plugged in and code was misfire cylinder one. Okay. 
Qualen plug engine. This is easy enough to track down. Yep. Open the hood. Yeah. Let's see what's going on in there. Yeah. Po- open the hood. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll swap and check or coil pack one and two. See if the misfire follows. I unbolt coil pack one. Unplug it. Remove from engine. And the the center half of the spark plug comes with comes it. Comes with it. <laughs> Real good. So the yeah. spark plug just like sheared off? Yes. It rusted. Ish. Yes. In the So the junction between I am the, now remembering this story. Yeah. <laughs> the the threaded portion that, that actually threads into the cylinder head and the center electrode, whatever was holding those two pieces together ceased to be. Yeah. So the entire center electrode down to the tip came out still attached to the bottom of the coil pack. So it was just leaking compression but like the thre- straight yeah, out there. But the threaded part, like, I don't know if they just form a poor seal and pool water, but it was all rust. So And yeah, half the plug came out with the coil. At least it was a simple fix. Theoretically. Oh, it gets better. So this car... So rust is is the accurate cause of this. The car came from Virginia Beach, and I happened to look at plugs 2, 3, and 4. They're all nice and shiny and new looking, and the hex size for those three plugs is noticeably larger than the hex than what was left of the hex on cylinder one plug. And I didn't it, remember this. It looks like on two, three, and four, the hex is a machine, like machined into it. On cylinder one, it looks like it was some sort of a, a formed sheet metal. Uh, where like, like you, you know, where you've seen like, I guess the same way that they would make a spark plug socket out of plate or sheet metal or something. They just right. form it around the hex mandrel. That's what the hex on this look like. So I disconnect. I, I put the coil pack back in, but I take the plug remnant out. Don't plug it in. Disconnect the injector to cylinder one because it seems prudent to not have unburned fuel pouring, pouring up. Into that. Yeah. I drive back around to the dealership, walk in and put half of a spark plug on the service writer's desk yes, and say we were we were 200 yards from said ford dealership where he purchased it at the time we discovered this spark plug conundrum yes so i i put half of the spark plug on the service writer's desk and said hey i'm having a problem with my vehicle <laughs> and they said okay we'll we'll take a look at it we'll f- we'll figure this out a day or two later they call me and say, hey, this is going like, to... We, we can't get, air quotes, can't get the piece of the spark plug out without removing the head. Mm-hmm. And doing so is going to be $900 labor. Yeah. And he said, I purchased this vehicle from you two weeks ago. You're going to figure out how to fix it. Yes. Roughly. And then, so the reason that they were trying to pin it on me is because I discovered the pro. I did a little bit of the diagnostic process. I discovered the problem. I walked in and put half of a spark plug on somebody's desk. They thought it was, oh, I'm some. You tried to change the spark plug and you broke it. Exactly. That's the assumption they made. When they called me and told me this, I lost all semblance of my shit. Composure. Yes. You read them the riot act. Yes. I, I said, I, I purchased this vehicle two weeks ago. I was pulling a slight grade and the it, engine the started sounding like... Disintegrated. An, yeah. The thing started sounding like an air compressor. I didn't break the spark plug. The spark plug broke itself. It broke me. Yes, and they they did some considering as as one does, and I get a message in the 
whatever sort of customer dealership relation portal they have that says this is being handled internally. Yep. Oh, I come to find out that the cousin of our friend Brad was the tech who was working on it. And when the dealership found out that I didn't break the spark plug in half with my negligence, they said, Hey, you're gonna, this tool doesn't, was a pain to use, make it work. And somehow then magically when it was on Ford's dollar, they figured out how to get the broken part of the spark plug out of there without, without taking that. the cylinder head off. To be fair, Funny how that you've got to think that to be fair. being a Ford dealership, they're kind of known for their absolutely god-awful spark plug spark snappy plugs snappy-offy falling problems. apart in their engines. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's so kind of a have theme. some experience with that. Yeah. Yeah. Although, I'm given to understand with the, the V8s that had that problem. The Tritons, right? The three-valve. Yeah, the, uh, the Triton was the V10. Yeah. Oh, okay. But V10 on the same architecture, okay. so just the V8 with an extra pair of cylinders. The V8s, their problem was the spark plugs would remain intact. They would just pull the threads out oh, of the cylinder right. head. Yeah. Speaking of Fords and missing two cylinders, did you know that apparently on some Range Rovers, I think, Oh they, yes, with the V sixes, it's a. Why Ford, is everyone so a, excited? I don't know. It's a Ford V eight that they just put six cylinder heads on and just leave an empty. It's it's s- not entirely empty. It's like they get the it casting is. for the V eight and don't machine two of the cylinders out of it. So there's literally like six functional cylinders. Yeah. it is with the two length. blank cylinders behind what? them. Yes, yeah. that is. It a is thing. the it's length the, of a V eight. Yeah. It's literally a V8 block without what? the back yeah. two cylinders machined out of it. Yes. It is yeah. the weirdest Why? looking thing. Like, what is it? And then they sell those SUVs for like $200,000. Yes. <laughs> Who knows why? Well. <laughs> but good Lord, does it look weird. I oh, would yeah. imagine. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, like, like the cylinder head ends and then the block just keeps just going. Just goes like, another like five inches for no so confusing. discernible reason. Wow. I got I got a Never I got a TikTok that. about it like last week sometime and was like losing my brain. <laughs> like, I, I, just why? I have no idea. Huh. No yeah. idea. Huh. So then so then you had the transit. You've yes. had the transit for a while. That's probably the most exciting story about it, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, standing on the roof at Hyperfest was pretty cool. Yeah, well, th- that was that's a Steve story, not well, a Steve story. Yeah, I mean because that's basically the story. I stood, I climbed up on the roof of <laughs> yeah. the transit to get a better view. Yeah. at Hyperfest of the back and then you had to figure out how to get down. <laughs> yeah, I figured it. Out. I got down the way I got up, which is use the rear door handle as a step. Yes, works great. And yeah. then hang on to the third brake light pod. Because it's a Turkish built vehicle, and I think they didn't really account for third brake lights. So, and so they actually, just, like, no. Slap one on top, or what's there's, the story there? There Tom, is a reason for that. Tom knows the reason for that. So, if, if you need to know about Tom, it is that he knows the reason for that. <laughs> Tell us, Tom. So, if you happen to ever pay attention to the rear end of that oh, generation transit, you, actually, you'll you notice told me this the day I climbed on the roof. A panel on. The right-hand door, uh, roughly centered above the window, because it's a barn door, and that panel in overseas markets is where your third brake light is. That's right, and it's a block-off plate in the U.S. Yes, because U.S. DOT, FMVSS, whatever alphabet soup acronym you want to use, does not play nice with door-mounted third brake lights and third brake lights that are not centered. Off center, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So Ford put a blanking plate where the global market third brake light is. That's right. And put a little pod on the roof. Which makes a great handle if you need to climb on the roof of your roughly 2010 Ford Transit. Yes. You're welcome. So what did you uh, what did you replace the, or are in the process of replacing the Transit with? Do we want to just leap all the way to, to now? I mean, I mean, we can. That's kind of what... what there is, there is well, a certain some... continuity with... We'll, we'll back with... up a little bit. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. 
Well, there is some continuity with sticking with four wheel vehicles. That's true. For the, let's for the let's time do being. that. So, as, as has been alluded to, the transit has been replaced by a 2008 GX 470. And not just any. The most minty fresh 2008 GX 470 that exists. Chris it, Larson at Night Run Garage will attest the cleanest. Yes, he has ever seen, and and he was a Lexus tech. Yes, yep. He used to work at Lexus of Richmond. This guy has seen them all. Yes, it has how many miles ish? Uh, it currently is closer to eighty one than eighty thousand. When I purchased it, it had seventy seven thousand. Low, considering that it's a Toyota product, it's essentially brand new. Uh Yes, the. Frame, undercarriage, driveline, everything looks like it was built yesterday. To the extent that Chris said, because he did like a full fluid yeah. check service. Uh, full full driveline fluids. There are drain plugs, he said, that have little rubber washers or O-rings on them or something. He said, every single one I've ever taken out, even basically when they're brand new, those little rubber things have to be replaced. They fall apart. They're in terrible shape. Tom's, all of them, perfect. And the steel drain plugs were still steel colored. Yeah. They were yeah, not like rust colored. the zinc coating on them and everything. Yeah. yeah. This thing is a beautiful. Every gasket that was removed from it came off in one piece. It's amazing. Yeah. He should, so he, as part of the driveline service, they dropped the transmission pan. He re- either cleaned or replaced the transmission filter and he snapped a picture of the inside of the transpan and showed it to me and i half jokingly asked him if he had gone down to the lexus dealer and purchased a new transmission pan and taken a picture of that and installed it on my vehicle literally zero glitter yes zero glitter it looked pristine you done good. So it was, uh, I, I went with Tom down to, to pick this vehicle up. I took, I took him on the drive. Yes. And uh, I mean, I was doing a little bit of friendly trying to find something wrong with it. And I could not find a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's, we were told uh, exhaust manifolds sometimes crack. They, yes, they yes. Those. That, that. that is some. I listened for any kind of exhaust tick or anything like that, mm. not a thing. I it mean, probably hasn't just... gone through enough heat cycles to crack them yet. Like, it's probably it's so not. new. Maybe yeah. it's low yeah. miles. Yeah. So, black, tan interior, all the leather's in great shape. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful car. Mm-hmm. You, you've yeah. done good. Yeah. You've already put some really nice wheels and tires on it. It looks, it looks awesome. Yes. Yeah. It looks so good. So, the tires were a necessity. The, the tires that were on it when I purchased it were, they were old. There's a 2017, so one of them is 2017 date code. The other three were 2015 date code. And they were getting kind of thin. Yeah. And driving it in the rain was interesting. What, uh, what tires did you end up putting on it? I ended up going with Falcon Wild Peak, uh, just ATs mm-hmm. in the stock size, but on the wheels, which I didn't technically have to get, but saved me. They from... look awesome. Yeah. But they... I mean, while you're in there. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> while I'm in there on Tire Rack. While you're in there at the wheels. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, you took it off. You may as well. I, you, look, yeah. I, I, I get it. Yeah. You're talking to Mister you're, while you're in there. When <laughs> you're ordering from Tire Rack and they can send them to you fully assembled, oh, yeah, yeah. mounted, balanced for free. Yeah, um, they do be doing that, don't they? I always they forget do. they do that. Yeah, yeah. It, it. Well, is... if you buy wheels sure, while you're at sure. it, right? So given it, it's stock size tires on wheels that are one inch wider than stock and have one inch more offset than stock and it is glorious so yes. light. the sidewalls poke and that's it 
like the tread itself is almost exactly flush. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Real, real nice. And they are incredibly quiet. Yeah. Like they're the only time they make noise is there's this one bridge in Colonial Heights on Temple Avenue that is concrete. And just the train. I guess the surface of that bridge, they make a weird... Like a resonance? Yeah. A weird noise. Everywhere else, like they, they're they not loud like you would expect a chunky all-terrain or mud terrain to be. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's the newest acquisition. Yes. <clears throat> but then backing up a little, now that we've caught up on the, the four-wheeled car history, vehicle history. Yes. At a certain point, you got real interested in two-wheeled adventures. Tom, where, if people wanted to follow you on the internet, where so, can you do so? The, Steve alluded to this earlier. I am findable on Instagram at mountainbikertom, all one word. And if you've been sticking this out for what's probably three episodes we alluded to <laughs> right. much earlier. Uh, my other instagram which is more motorsports focused and like motorsports photography focused is bump head racing because sometimes i bump head yes uh i am found as always uh at beerandbackfire.com click on our sponsor <laughs> it's got some <laughs> it's got some purple hearts next to it uh i have still still one of my favorite things on the internet Corey, where are you found for good food rip pants and a gigantic adorable horse of a dog <laughs> yeah he is on boy. on the instagrams at c.crehan and you can follow me on instagram at the day of the downshift and Please follow do. fun car buildy blog things at the daily downshift.blogspot.com it's also yes. linked on the website it is it is uh, any hoot Thanks folks. Ba da ba 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 da 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 da